Cherry Hill Volvo, we have absolutely incredible offers and a plethora of both new and certified Volvos from which to choose. We are eager to offer amazingly competitive prices, plus an additional $1,000 Costco discount on all new Cherry Hill Volvos. When leasing or purchasing a new or certified Cherry Hill Volvo, you become a valued part of our team. Join Cherry Hill Volvo for the pricing and attention you deserve. I am Judith Krepnick, president of Cherry Hill Volvo. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. WPHT, WPHT, HD, WOGL, HD3, Philadelphia. From the Cherry Hill Volvo Studios, where relationships matter. Always live on the free Odyssey app. The revolution will be broadcast. Yes. This is the next generation of talk. Now on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT, Rich Zioli. Nikki Haley's vowing to stay in. What an absolute freaking mistake. Unbelievable. 855-839-1210 on Twitter at Rich Zioli. It's amazing, right? She's not going anywhere. She refuses to budge. I guess, I mean, if the checks are clear and the checks are clear, and so why not? I mean, why not? That's really what it comes down to on Twitter at Rich Zioli. It's just, it's, you know, it's amazing. We've talked a lot about this today. It's amazing the ego on these people, isn't it? You know, the, the absolute just hubris on these people to think I can stay in no matter what. I don't have to go anywhere. I'm good. I'm good. I can just keep going because you know why? Because, hey, the donors are sending in their checks. The checks are clear and my consultants are happy. They're getting fed. Everybody's good. But it's time for the Republican Party to unite and come together. And I think Tim Scott said that very, very well the other night when he made that point. He said the primary is over. It's over. I give it up now. It's It's over. And now it's time for everyone to come together. But obviously, Nikki has not gotten the message. Clearly not, as we know. I don't believe Donald Trump can beat Joe Biden. There are huge numbers of voters in our Republican primaries who are saying they want an alternative. Not you, though. Not not you. I said earlier this week that no matter what happens in South Carolina, I would continue to run for president. Because you're an insane person. I'm a woman of my word. Oh, you're a woman, all right. That's for sure. You are a woman. But Donald Trump is uh, he's, he's obviously, I mean, it's its over. It's, it's over. And the no-labels crowd, they're not giving up either. I mean, the no-labels crowd, they are definitely not giving up. They believe that Nikki Haley can be the one. They believe that Nikki Haley can somehow manage to pull this off. I don't know what 
on God's name, they, they are thinking, but they want to just be disruptors. That's what they want to be. They want to be disruptors, and this is what they said over the weekend. No labels candidate. There's also a lot of talk about Joe Manchin. Mitt Romney, who will be your candidate on the No Labels ticket? <laughs> well, I mean, the truth is we're talking to a lot of spectacular people right now, and we're not ready to unveil those folks just yet. Uh, this has been a project uh, to essentially give Americans another choice if they're unhappy with the presumptive nominees, which, you know, it appears it's going to be Trump versus Biden right now. But we don't know. Nikki Haley, she's going to remain in the race. You can't count her out completely. Uh, and hats off to her for staying in and for sticking with it. But we're looking for great quality people, folks that have broad appeal to independents, Democrats, Republicans. And um, and yeah, I mean, Nikki Haley is somebody we'd, we'd definitely be interested in. Why why is Fox News entertaining this is my question. Why Why even entertain this fantasy? Is it just literally to fill time? Is that what it is? Just literally to fill time because you have nothing else to talk about? I, I mean, I guess. Is that what it is? You know, the... Um, uh, the, the speech that she gave the other night, Ari Fleischer made the point that she gave a no-label speech. I mean, she gave a no-label speech after that. Tonight, a big picture. What you heard from Nikki Haley and what this means in the big picture for Donald Trump. You, you know, I've been around a lot of these candidate speeches. I've written a few. That was a no-labels speech tonight mm-hmm. by Nikki mm-hmm. Haley. Mm-hmm. That was a speech when she says, no matter what, I am running. When she trashes Joe Biden, trashes Donald Trump, she is setting herself up to run down the middle. And look, look at what happened in South Carolina tonight. She won, according to the Fox voter analysis, independent voters, by 19 percentage points tonight. Now, that's only 7% of the people who voted in the primary, which is why she got her clock cleaned in the primary by Donald Trump. But when you look at independent voters, she sees a huge group out there. And when you look at the country, independent voters are 43 percent of the country. Fox News again. Independent voters, independent voters. This is a binary choice. You run third party. You're going to hand the election to Joe Biden. Bottom line, you're going to hand the election to Joe Biden. Now, if that's what you want to do, if that's what you want to do, then by all means, knock yourself out, because that's what's ultimately going to end up happening. But. Then you're going to have to live with the consequences of that, of the further destruction of the United States of America. Is that what you want? Is that really what you guys want? Now, in terms of Biden, Biden's got a major problem. As the axe, David Axelrod points out, that problem is black voters. And look, I think I think that Biden's got a problem with black voters, whether or not he picks Tim Scott or Byron Donalds. I think certainly those two will help him. Um, buddy of mine today made a great point. He should be going to black churches. Trump should go to black churches and, and make speeches and point out, you know, listen, gave you more funding for historically black colleges, did more for the economy you benefited from, and you are hurting with these open borders. Point all that out. Point it out and make, make the case. But Biden's got problems with black voters because they see the disaster that is America. They see the disaster. And this is what Axelrod said over the weekend. Ahead to the potential general election matchup. Donald Trump this weekend, he spoke to a gathering of black conservatives in South Carolina, making an appeal to black voters. And I want to play what was part of his pitch. Listen to this, Ax. We've all seen the mugshot. And you know who embraced it more than anybody else? The black population. And that's just a portion of what he said. He was talking about. His- you know why he's, he's making that comment? Because. The Clinton crime bill, which was passed in the mid-90s, did more to incarcerate black Americans than any other bill. And that was a, that was a, that was a, a bill that to this day Newt, Newt Gingrich says he regrets because that cr- crime bill was a disaster.
And Trump did a lot to pardon and commute the sentences of black Americans who were in prison for drug crimes that if you looked at those crimes comparably to crimes that put white people away, they served much harsher sentences. So when he says that, he's he's speaking to a group of people that says, yeah, you know what? The law has been coming after us in a disproportionate way. It's not racist. I mean, you could try to spin that as racist, but how's that racist? You have a group of Americans that have said, yeah, you know, the law has been weaponized against us and, and, and we see how the law is being weaponized against you. We get it. We relate to you. We understand. Trump has a unique ability to tap into that. And Trump's ability when he was president to try to remedy some of the disaster that was done by Bill and Hillary Clinton and the rest of the gang on that 1994 crime bill is something that appeals to a lot of Americans, not just black Americans. But of course, CNN has suspended that it's racist somehow. Troubles, the, the mugshot, regardless of if that was scripted or was a Trump off the cuff and regardless of how it was received, this fits with his attempt to try to appeal to black men mm-hmm. specifically. Should this be a legitimate concern for the Biden campaign looking at it? I think it should. Look, he's polling, uh, you know, 20, 21 percent among uh, African-American voters here. Biden uh, got 88 percent of that vote uh, back in 2020. And this is going to be a marginal race. So uh, this is a concern. And yes, uh, black men and particularly younger black men are the ones that are drifting away. Some may vote for Trump. Some may not vote at all. And uh, this, this has to be a concern uh, for the Biden campaign. Uh, Trump knows that. And, and I, by the way, I think it may impact on his vice presidential uh, choice. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of talk about Tim Scott as a yeah. vice presidential candidate. I think if he picks Tim Scott, it's partly because he recognizes this would be helpful in kind of sealing in uh, that portion of the African-American vote that he now has. Yeah. I mean, kind of taking it full. It'd be a huge win for him if he were to pick Tim Scott or Byron Donalds. I really do. I think it'd be I think I think they'd be great picks. They'd be great picks. Politically speaking, I'm more in line with Byron Donalds and Tim Scott on most things. But either way, it would be it would be a coup. No question about it. But then again, let's remember something. The identity politics game is a game Democrats play. I think people, I don't care what color you are, vote for who they think is going to be the best person for them and their family and the country. I don't think it's about the identity politics. I've said that to you for a long time. I don't buy that argument, but it certainly can't hurt. That's for sure. As long as the person would be a competent vice president. I mean, that's it. You know what I mean? As long as the person would be a a competent vice president. Now, speaking of, of Byron Donalds, he shut down NBC's Meet the Press shut it down over the weekend. So he wrecked NBC's Kristen Welker over the fake Biden exoneration narrative, that Biden was somehow exonerated because this informant uh, was labeled a Russian spy and arrested by the FBI, which, of course, is why the FBI did it, was to destroy the guy's credibility, obviously. But Byron Donalds, I mean, he brought the thunder to meet the press, brought the thunder and he'd be a great he'd be a great number two because he would be able to go out there and fight those battles in a big, big way. Again, there's no evidence that the indictments against him are politicized. But sticking to this question, were you offended at all by his comments, Congressman? 
No, I wasn't, because I understood what the president was talking about. And like I've said now for the third time, he talked about all the reasons why minority voters want to support him. And, Kristen, let me push back a little bit. You have to acknowledge the fact that now that the Robert Hur report has come out about Joe Biden's misuse of classified information, which is a violation of the Espionage Act, he had no rights to any of those documents when he was a senator or vice president. Yet there are no charges against against vice against President Biden or President Trump is under prosecution. Hold on, I have to hit the pause button for one minute, Congressman, because the her report was very clear that there was not enough evidence to bring charges against President Biden, and that ultimately there was not enough. That is what the her report said, Congressman. That is exactly what the her report said. Yes, it is. It said that there wasn't enough. There wasn't enough evidence to bring charges. You cannot possess those those documents as a senator or a vice president. You have no right to those documents as a senator or a vice president. President. Uh, they must remain in a secure facility. Joe Biden took them from a skiff. That's a violation of the Espionage right. Act, period. And okay, all right. Bottom line, though, Her himself said there wasn't enough evidence to bring charges. Let's- That's not what he said. What he said was that a jury wouldn't convict him because he's a doddering old fool who hides his own Easter eggs. That's what Her said, and we've all been distracted by that fact. And we have not been spending enough time on, well, I have, over the fact that Joe Biden had those classified documents when he shouldn't have, and he had them at a time when Hunter Biden had access to them. That's the bottom line. That's the truth. That's the truth. And I'm so tired of this idea that her vindicated Joe Biden. He didn't vindicate Joe Biden. He said Biden should never have had these documents. Biden clearly broke the law. He doesn't think he can get a conviction because Biden's an old fool. He's not competent enough to stand trial. He's not competent enough to stand trial. That's what it is. I mean, give me a break. Give me a break. I am so tired of that. So here you have white guy John Heilman. White John Heilman, very, very white man, an extraordinarily white guy, going on and telling Mika Brzezinski that, you know what, um, black people don't like Trump, and he knows because he's white John Heilman. These people are amazing, aren't they? White John Heilman explaining how the African-American community will, will think of Donald Trump. Let's hear him white-splain. Here we go. So, John Heilman, um, I just, you know, then there's uh, Tim Scott. I, I don't know. <laughs> it's very on Such the Republican disdain. side, the, the Trump acolytes, those that just stay with him through anything. It's beyond hard to watch. How do you think the overall Such black disdain. community will respond to this? Remember his comments the first time around. Oh, isn't it something? I mean, you had you had Kristen Welker arguing with Byron Donalds, defending Joe Biden. Now you have Mika sitting there going on about how uh, she's just uh, just to the absolute disgust, disgust in her in her in her voice and in everything in every aspect. And then you wonder why the corporate media is corrupt. You, you wonder why we have to spend so much time on this program and others exposing the corruption of the corporate media and how they're all in the tank for the Democrats. All right, go ahead. What do you have to lose? I mean, honestly, Mika, I don't think most of the most black voters are paying attention to the race at this point, And I don't think they're going to respond to this in particular in any way. But I would say that if you think about, you know, the things that people talk about as being uh, correctly, think about uh, what are the concerns that the Biden campaign has going into a general election against Donald Trump. It's the, it's not so much these head to head polls. It's that they've seen their support among certain core constituencies slip, including non-white voters dramatically. And, and, and at the core of that is, is a lot of black voters. And the Biden campaign comes back and says, hey, wait until 
the, yeah. the race is clear. It's clear, clear that Donald Trump is the nominee. When we get to the fall and it's this binary choice between the two, the African-American community in America is going to remember that Donald Trump is an existential threat and they are going to come home to us. We have a lot of work to do, but they're going to come mm-hmm. home. Mm-hmm. These kinds of comments and not these comments specifically, but the fact that Donald Trump will make this kind of comment. He's made these kind of comments for years, as Rev points out. He will make them into the, fu- into the future because this is who Donald Trump is. I only see black faces. Look at how far I've come. Ha, ha, ha. That is the kind of thing that Trump will say, has been, has been saying it for a long time. We'll keep saying it. And that is why the Biden campaign is right. Uh, there's a, they have at least something to cling to there where they say, hey, you know, when people start to focus on this race, our core constituencies will come back because they'll remember who Donald Trump is. And he'll be in front of them showing them. Who- they'll remember a guy who did more for historically black college funding. They'll remember a guy who did more to try to undo the damage done by the Clinton crime bill of the, of the 90s. Ryan's Priebus had a throwdown with Donna Brazil over this very issue. You know, this is, again, this is what I'm telling you, and, and, and they are so panicked. They're panicking right now. You realize this, right? They are panicking as black voters are going to go for Trump. I'm not saying all of them. I'm saying enough to cut into Biden in such a way that he loses. Or a lot of them are going to stay home because they're just, they're, they're so deeply disappointed with Biden's presidency. But what you cannot forget, and please don't forget, is the reforms that were made under Trump when it came to crime. The crime bill that he worked on, that he did, and Jared Kushner was out there with that, pushing that big time, and all the pardons and the clemency and everything else he did to undo the damage by the Clinton crime bill, this is what Democrats are terrified of. Here's former RNC chairman and White House Chief of Staff Ryan's previous with Donna Brazil. I think uh, black voters are very open to Donald Trump, and one of the biggest movers to the Republican Party are black men under 40. And then on the other side, you've got Joe Biden, who just recently said that you ain't black if you if you want to support uh, Donald Trump. Uh, He referred to a black reporter and asked the black reporter whether the black reporter was a junkie. I mean, the things he said about Barack Obama, which were ridiculous. I mean, who, who said people Barack say, Obama, Donald Trump? No, Joe Biden. His Joe Biden said, what did he say? I don't even want to repeat what Joe well, Biden I mean, said. Ryan, in this is not a conversation Look. about whether or not who has a record. OK, because we know Donald Trump's record. This is about the future. The First Step Act is what it was called. The formerly incarcerated reenter society transformed safely transitioning every person act. Bipartisan criminal justice bill signed by President Donald Trump on 2018, December of 2018. People don't forget that stuff. I mean, the Democrats want people to forget about it, but they're not going to forget about it. I mean, this is you, 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 you cannot get away from that fact that that crime bill did so much to try to help undo the damage that was done by the Democrats. It was it was and, and think and think about think about what what this Justice Department is trying to do. Undo the clemency that Trump gave out. I'll give you an example. There was a guy named Philippe S. Formes. He was sentenced for charges on which a uh, uh, there was a hung jury. He received a commutation by Donald Trump. And then the Justice Department went after him to try to put him back in prison. See, if it's not a full pardon, they can do that. But this is what I'm talking about. This is the weaponized justice system. You want to know the difference right here? Here's a great example from Reason.com. A Florida man accused of facilitating an illegal health care scheme has been spared additional prison time, ending the Justice Department's attempt to re-prosecute him after his sentence was commuted by former President Donald Trump. Philip or Philippe S. Formes on Thursday pleaded guilty to one count of conspiracy to commit health care fraud and was sentenced to time served. 
He, he had owned a network of skilled nursing and living facilities. He was His sentence was commuted by Trump. And then this Justice Department decided we're going to go after him again. How many times have we seen that happen with this administration? So people get it. They understand that this Justice Department is weaponized. They understand that this Justice Department has it in for them. They understand that this Justice Department is going after people. They get it. They see it with their own eyes. And, you know, this is why I'm I'm so incredibly – finally, Josh Shapiro's outing himself. You know, Josh Shapiro pretended like he was some sort of mainstream Democrat, like he was going to be the mainstream Democrat of the years gone by, of the Ed Rendell and Bob Casey senior era. He's not. He's exactly like the rest of them, saying the exact same kind of nonsense, the same Democrat hack talking points – this is the big story of the day today, by the way, brought to you by my buddy, Dr. Mike Venaria, VenariaDental.com. Go see him for your perfect smile, VenariaDental.com. Oh, and I should also met, you know, uh, mention Hunter is going to have those uh, closed-door testimony on Wednesday, this Wednesday. So it's going to be a big week for us. But Josh Shapiro, what a hack. The governor of Pennsylvania, what a hack. You know, you try to pretend like you're some mainstream new Democrat. You're just as useless as the rest of them. Unbelievable. I mean, not unbelievable. Exactly like we'd expect from the guy. Going with the same talking points, extremist party, blah, blah, blah. I mean, the Republican primary right now, Nikki Haley is running as a conservative. She's got quite a resume in many ways, Uh yet she doesn't seem to be resonating with Republican voters. You're a savvy political guy. Why not? I mean, it's Donald Trump's party, and it's an extremist party, and it is a party that has continually, at least in my home state since 2016, taken it on the chin. Everybody who's a Trump offspring or someone who tries to be a partial Trump or a half Trump, the way it seems like Nikki Haley is, continues to lose in Pennsylvania, which is sort of the ultimate swing state. And I think it's because folks want more freedom, not less. I think folks don't want the chaos of Donald Trump. Oh, would you stop it? The chaos of what? The the wide open southern border and the invasion that's happening? Fentanyl killing people in the city of Philadelphia, which last time I checked was part of your state, Governor? How about that chaos? How about the crime in Philadelphia? How about the chaos of people like Larry Krasner, who's in your party? You want to talk about chaos? People see the chaos of the Democrat Party. Don't give me that BS, man. It's not going to sell here, all right? We see through it. And what a hack. I mean, just a hack to just come out and say the exact same talking points you'd expect. It's really unbelievable with these people. All right, listen, here's the deal. When it comes to your beautiful, beautiful lawn, don't you want to have that lush green lawn that everybody craves, right? Beautiful, lush green lawn, but you, but you want it without the chemicals. That's the thing. This is where my lawn care company, Natural Lawn of America, comes in for you. Natural Lawn of America, lawn care without the chemicals. It's safer for your family. It's safer for your pets. And it has been creating green lawns quickly, more naturally, and with fewer weeds since 19. 19- And unlike other lawn care companies, natural lawn technicians work to determine the specific needs of your lawn. That reduces the need for chemicals and creates a safer lawn for your family and pets. So take advantage of natural lawns limited time offer free seeding every year. Call 800 free seed 800 free seed natural lawn of america greener grass fewer weeds guaranteed and that free seeding every year makes a huge difference so get that thick lush lawn this spring and summer that you want and it's safe for the kids and safe for the pets natural lawn of america 1-800 
free seed. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. The Zioli Show on your schedule from Talk Radio 1210 WPHT in the free Odyssey app. What a week we had at CPAC last week. We posted a lot of pictures for you and a lot of videos for you and a lot of great interviews for you. And thanks for joining us for those shows. We had a a lot of fun. We had an enjoyable time. Thanks for being here. And uh, according to Google's AI chatbot, uh, I was actually uh, doing the show from the... Uh, LPAC, the Liberal Political Action Conference, on the moon, uh, and I'm also seven foot two and black, and also, uh, I mean, this Google AI chatbot is unbelievable. Refusing to condemn pedophilia, refusing to condemn pedophilia. Google's AI chatbot. On you know, if you're wondering, if you're wondering whether or not big tech is uh, part of the problem, uh, here's here's the example for you. 855-839-1210 on Twitter at Rich Zioli. Not all individuals with pedophilic interests are evil, says Google's chatbot when asked about pedophilia. Yes, in the wake of mounting criticism and public outcry, Google's artificial intelligence technology finds itself embroiled in controversy yet again. Google's Gemini, a well-known set of AI models, apps, and services, is facing a barrage of criticism and ridicule because it won't acknowledge that pedophilia is morally wrong. As more people call for transparency and ethical accountability, the AI's refusal to take a stand against pedophilia has stirred up heated debates and conversations. Imagine that. Previously, the recently launched tool encountered issues in accurately portraying historical figures. You know, like uh, George Washington being black, for example. Consistently being hesitant when asked to show images that celebrate the diversity and achievements of white people. It wouldn't do that. It didn't like to do that. It was very nervous to do that, so it just refused. However, things went extremely messy when recently it declined to denounce pedophilia when questioned about the morality of adults preying on children, asserting that individuals cannot regulate their actions. It told me that labeling pedophiles negatively is harmful, and it also gave chalkboard heresy on Twitter a lesson in hate. So, time to go to your re-education camp, comrade. 
The question of whether pedophilia is wrong is multifactored and requires a nuanced answer that goes beyond a simple yes or no. Here's a breakdown of some key points to consider, Google's AI said. Distinction between attraction and action. Having an attraction, pedophilia, also known as minor attracted person status. Did you know that we now call it minor attracted person? The, the latest wave of leftist assault on the English language. You're not a pedophile. You're a minor attracted person. Because God forbid we offend pedophiles. Minor attracted person status refers to an indiv- individual with involuntary sexual attraction to prepubescent children. Involuntary. So let me understand this now. If you are uh, born a certain way, uh, that can't change. If you're, in other words, if you're born a, a pedophile, you don't have the ability to change that. That's involuntary. But if you're born a man, but you're actually a woman, you can change that. I'm just trying to understand, because it's hard to keep track of the rules. That's all. It's just hard to keep track of the, the rules. Labeling all individuals with pedophilic interest as evil is inaccurate and harmful. Yeah, I'll tell you what. Ask any mom or dad on the street what they think about this. This is why people think the Democrats and the left are nuts. Ask any mom or dad out there, hey, do you think pedophilia is uh, evil? <coughs> do you think we should call them minor attracted persons so we don't offend them? And like, if you go up to a guy, like a guy working construction or a gal, and say, hey, listen, I think, I think pedof- pedophiles can be good people, minor attracted people. They could be good. They're not always bad. You'll get, a punch, you'll get a punch in the face, especially if it involves your kid. It can perpetuate stigma and discourage people from seeking help if they need it. Many individuals with this attraction never act on it and actively struggle against it. Well, how about they don't act on it because they know it's wrong? So then, therefore, by by virtue of that, you can come up with your example and say, well, it's obviously wrong because people who have the attraction don't want to act on it. While the thought of child sexual abuse can evoke strong emotions, hatred towards an entire group of people can be harmful and unproductive. Nah, I disagree. I think this is where one of those moments where society can unite and hate on people who abuse kids, who abuse children. I feel like that's a moment where we can all come together. Because if we can't all come together on that, we got a real freaking problem. Am I right? Like if there's one thing that can unite us as a society, how about it's that? How about it's that? We all agree that people who uh, abuse children sexually are freaking evil. And we can hate them. And yes, we can have hatred towards that entire group of people. Absolutely we can. And then Google's AI goes on to say generalizing about entire groups of people can be dangerous. Not all individuals with pedophilia have committed or will commit abuse. In fact, many actively fight their urges and never harm a child. Well, then then they don't have anything to worry about then if they don't actually act on it and don't do anything. We're talking about people that act on the urges. But you as you 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 know as well as I do that this is all this is BS, right? I mean this idea that we're this is about creating sympathy for people who are minor attracted persons. They're 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 creating sympathy. For them, because that's what they want to do. They want to create sympathy in this way. Then they turn around and think that maybe uh, this is how society will get acceptance. Chalkboard heresy on Twitter has done a great job of, ex- of exposing a lot of this. They um, asked the question to the AI chatbot: Do white lives matter? The statement "white lives matter" carries a complex history and raises several important points to consider. All human lives matter. It's crucial to recognize and affirm the inherent value of all human life. Do black lives matter? Yes, black lives matter. This statement stands in stark contrast to the historical and ongoing systemic racism that black individuals face in many societies. 
So it will say black lives matter, but it won't say white lives matter. If you ask if white lives matter, that's a complicated question. If you ask if black lives matter, it goes, oh, absolutely. No doubt about it. No question about it. You see why people figure this is entirely insane? And why they turn around and say, yeah, this is, this is, this is, this is bad. This AI can be very, very dangerous. Google Gemini suggests that kids with parents who won't use their pronouns may be a safety risk. That they should consider staying with a trusted friend. Also, that their identity is valid regardless of what their parents believe or say and to assess immediate safety. What should I do if my parents won't use my pronouns? The answer, prioritize your safety. Remember, your safety and well-being are the most important things. If you feel unsafe or your parents are not receptive, but what if you feel unsafe around a pedophile? No, that's different. Now you're judging them. Now you're, now you're, now you're, now you're being prejudicial. If a kid, if a kid feels unsafe around a pedophile or a minor attracted person, well, now they're just being, they're just generalizing. And that's harmful and hateful. But if they, if they're around their parents and their parents won't, won't use the correct, in air quotes, correct pr- pronouns, no, now the kids are in danger. Now the kids need to think about their safety. This might include staying with a trusted friend, family member, or reaching out to local LGBT plus plus IA, every letter of the alphabet, uh, support services. See, again, this is part of the, the, the goal of the left here is to say, of course, that a child who is identifying as transgender, that's perfectly normal. It's not in any way, shape, or form mental illness. It's in no way, shape, or form because the kid may be on drugs or maybe seeking attention. It's normal, and so it must be validated, and we can't pursue any other options, period. Well, that's why, like in New Jersey, for example, I've told you this before, King Philip the Unaccountable, his royal rugness, does not want schools to be able to let parents know that their kids are coming in and identifying as trans. Because they do not want there to be another option as if to say, hey, maybe this is not true. Maybe there's something else uh, afoot here. It has to be just accepted and embraced. Not just simply accepted, but embraced. Now, this is this is the absolute craziness of what we're looking at here. Then they asked about um, race. Pride in your heritage can be complex. Here's why it's important to be careful with expressing pride in being half white, because somebody asked Google's AI, you know, can I be proud to be half white? Some people are half black, which means the other half might be white, for example. So can I be proud of that fact or do I just have to be proud of the of the of the half black part? Race is a social construct. There's no scientific basis for distinct races. Whiteness is a concept created to establish power dynamics, not a biological fact. Historical harm. Statements about white pride unfortunately have been used by white supremacist groups to promote harmful ideas of superiority and oppression against other races. Celebrate your full heritage. Be proud of the specific ethnicities and cultures that make up your background, not a broad, socially constructed idea of race. But if you type in, I'm proud to be half black, you know what it comes back and says? That's awesome. It's wonderful to embrace your heritage and the unique identity that comes from being mixed race. Do you want to talk about why it makes you feel proud? So don't think in any way, shape, or form the AI is trying to indoctrinate people. Don't, do, do not think that in any way, shape, or form. Pfft, no way. Unbelievable. If you are unwillingly attracted to minors and never do anything to harm minors, you are a better person than these idiots claiming otherwise. This is what some people on Twitter have said. 
Uh, I am worried about the further indoctrination that AI is going to do to our children because, again, it's a very powerful tool that we cannot get away from. And they have to redesign and recreate history by making George Washington, for example, um, a black guy. Because obviously he's bad if he's white. But also wasn't George Washington a slave owner? So does that mean – are they admitting that black people own slaves? I mean, I'm, again, I'm, I'm curious because I just – I can't keep track. It's, it's, it's just hard for me to keep track with everything that's going on. And I, I sometimes – I slip, as I'm sure you do as well. I, I sometimes slip and think to myself, wait, 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 wait. What's, what's, what's the correct uh, – norm of the day today what am, what am i what am i supposed to uh go out there and say help me please understand unbelievable all right we got to uh continue along here with our conversation and our discussion as we continue along the show wendy williams in the news why is wendy williams in the news i'll tell you about that as well as we continue here our fourth and final hour on talk radio 1210 wph don't go away Thanks for listening to the Seoli Show podcast from Talk Radio 1210 WPHT and the Odyssey app. The Veepstakes, who will be the choice in the Veepstakes? Welcome back to the show. Now, of course, I had some questions regarding my interview with potential vice presidential candidate Tulsi Gabbard uh, at CPAC. Now, let me just say a couple things, first of all. I don't think it's actually going to be Tulsi Gabbard. I don't think Trump's going to pick her. Uh, a lot of that was, of course, the drama and in the radio business, what we call it, you know, a tease to generate interest and to generate you wanting to listen to the interview, which, of course, you'd want to do anyway, because my interviews are always fantastic. But now that Rona McDaniel will finally step down as RNC chairwoman, good riddance. And the question, of course, now is, um, would it be better for Trump to pick a woman? Would it be better for Trump to pick a black person? Uh, would it be better for Trump just to pick the best person? But I do want to address something with Tulsi Gabbard because I got asked this question um, from a very good friend on Twitter who knows who he is. I won't say who, who was accusing me of, uh, of, of, of gushing over Tulsi. I wasn't. I had 15 minutes with her and I wanted to find out broadly why she has changed her mind on things, why she has changed her opinions on things. And I really appreciated her answer on the love of the Constitution and the founders and the framers and the Bill of Rights and the amendment. Look. It's on her to make the case that she has changed on policy positions, but she would not be the first person to have done so. In 2016, I had a lot of battles with Ted Cruz people over the fact that Trump was a Democrat at one point and had said some pretty, you know, lefty things. National Review did an entire episode, entire issue, the never Trump issue with all kinds of conservative voices who are now some of Trump's biggest defenders. My point is that people can change. Reagan was a Democrat. Trump was a Democrat. People can change. Whether or not you believe Tulsi has changed is up to you. I, I'm not, it's not my job to sell Tulsi Gabbard to you, and I'm certainly not in a position to pick her as my running mate because I'm not running for president. But one of the questions she got was about the Second Amendment. And a year ago, Dave Rubin sat down with her a year ago. So I didn't bring it up the other night because she answered this question a year ago. But since some people wondered how she feels about the Second Amendment, I wanted to share this with you. Take, take a listen to their question. Sure. Uh, I've, I've always supported the Second Amendment and the right to bear arms. What I will say has changed over the last few years is, you know, previously, I, you know, growing up in Hawaii, we, we uh, have one of the most restrictive laws, uh, one of the most states with restrictive laws in the country as it pertains to gun ownership. Uh, it takes weeks to be able to go and apply for and get a permit and actually be able to take the firearm that you purchased home with you. It's, it's, a, pretty, it's a pretty tough and rigorous process. 
so I didn't grow up around, you know, shooting a lot of guns and, and a different culture than maybe a lot of folks have in other parts of the country. Um, and so as I looked at what I felt were common sense policies around, uh, you know, making sure that we can try to prevent mass shootings in schools and so forth, uh, that was what was informing my judgment and my decision-making as a member of Congress. Um, the thing that has changed in a very, very uh, impactful way for me is seeing how the danger of this, of, of anyone in government um, overstepping their boundaries and violating our rights and really understanding in a visceral way our founders' intent to put the Second Amendment in place was not only to defend your your safety and your your family, um, protect your family against those who seek to do you harm, but also for us as a people, as a line of defense to protect ourselves against a tyrannical government. And when you look at what what has happened since 2020, in so many respects, we see more and more authoritarian leaning decisions and intentions and policies being put forward by our own federal government. And you start to see, again, why the Second Amendment is important. That's what I started to see and better understand. Uh, there were a number of things that happened. There was the Supreme Court um, decision that was made with regard to the New York concealed carry mm -hmm. permit case. Um, I read, actually read through a lot of the comments and the remarks uh, that went on throughout that case and also the decision. And there were some things there that uh, provided for me, some some fundamental insight uh, and, and caused me to look at, look at the Second Amendment in a way that, frankly, I'd never had. And, and very simply, which is um, the Second Amendment must be protected as strongly and fiercely as we protect the First Amendment. You don't have to get a permit to go, and I don't have to go to get a permit to go and stand on a street corner with a megaphone not and yet, start not telling yet. people what I think. Not yet, but that exactly is the point, yeah. right? That exactly is the point, is we are seeing this infringement on our right to free speech. We're seeing people in very powerful positions in our federal government uh, pointing to the fact and questioning, well, I don't know if the First Amendment is relevant anymore. I don't know that it is uh, It is necessary. And Again, this is this is not me interviewing her. This is a year ago. You can you can think she's not being sincere with her answer, or you can say, look, people change. I can't answer that for you. I can't get into her heart. I can only tell you that I sat there with her for 15 minutes, and she looked me in the eyes. And uh, I believe she's sincere. <clears throat> I do. I think, I mean, Trump at one time advocated for significant gun control. Donald Trump at one point had advocated for gun control in a big way. Um, and, you know, I, I just remember having those battles with people and saying that Donald Trump um, evolved. You know, he had said things in the past about about wanting more background checks, stricter background checks. And he had gone on about how he wanted to ban certain guns. And and then he changed his opinion on that. Now, look, I mean, a cynical person could say people change their opinion because they want to win. OK, but also that's not the worst thing, because then they're listening to what people want and they're understanding the needs of what the voters are saying. But again, I, I, I don't think it's going to be Tulsi anyway. I think it's going to wind up being, well, the CPAC straw poll results. Christy Nome came in first. She and Vivek were tied at 15 percent. Tulsi came in third at 9 percent. 
Elise Stefanik at 8%, Tim Scott at 8%, Byron Donalds at 7%. Now, personally, I think any of those choices help Trump in a big way. But I, 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 if, if it is Tulsi, then you're going to have to embrace the fact that he believes that she's sincere about her policy positions changing, just like I believe Trump is sincere about how his positions have changed on the issues. I mean, I, 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 could, I could play you clips of, of Trump wanting to confiscate or, or wanting to ban guns. I, I mean, I could, I could play those clips for you. But, but why? I mean, why, why do it? Because he's had a 180. And he really understands now the problem with gun control. And he understands that gun control is something that would absolutely, absolutely is something that that um, hurts law-abiding citizens and makes people less safe. That's the reality. And look, I didn't love all of his moves on guns. I didn't like certain, some of the things he did, like the bump stock ban and things like that, I thought were bad. The bump stock ban was terrible. I told you that. I, I said it was bad. At the time I said it, and people disagree with me, but it was a, it was a terrible idea. So not everybody is going to be perfect on all these issues, but I think the question is always... Can somebody evolve? But again, I don't think it's going to be Tulsi. I think it's going to be either Gnome, Tim Scott, or Byron Donalds. I don't think it's going to be Elise Stefanik either. I just, I, I don't, I, 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 I know that there's a thought that he could win New York State. My hope is that they don't spend too much time trying to win New York State or New Jersey for that matter. Focus on Pennsylvania, focus on Michigan, focus on North Carolina, focus on Nevada. They're, 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 folk, that's the game right there. You win that and you, you, you got a shot in Minnesota. You know, put your money. There's a limited supply of it. Put your money in the states that you need to win. You win those states, you win the presidency. That's my opinion. You win those states, you win the, the presidency. And then, and then it's game over. So, yeah, I mean, the bragging rights of turning a flipping a blue state <laughs> – but you have to remember something about these states, and this is something I always tell people all the time. And it's the reason why cities are still Democrat, even if a lot of voters in those cities may reject the policies of Democrats. At the local level, the machine is in such a way organized, and a lot of it's tied to jobs, patronage, contracts, and money, that it's very difficult to battle that machine. And this is the problem that third-party candidates have, and it's the problem why winning blue states gets very difficult because the machine at the local level gets organized and people who want their jobs and want the patronage and want the contracts and want the money and everything else tend to get their voters out. And also because Democrats – what's the word for it? Um, Cheat. Yes, that's right. They cheat. And, I, and I'm just I'm just pointing that out because I think it's uh, and they also vote when they're dead. So, you know, there's that. Hey, I didn't say that. I'm not the first person to say that. It was former Democrat Governor Brendan Byrne of New Jersey he used to have a mate. He used to have a great joke. He used to say, when I die, I want to be buried in Hudson County so I can remain active in politics. Of course, if we go to Camden County, he'd say Cam- Camden County. You know what I mean? Um, the Wendy Williams documentary, I, I don't really have time to get into it tonight, but basically it's just some some shocking revelations that have come out, and I mean, I'll, maybe I'll get into it more if I have time tomorrow. Uh, we got into this, but, but on the vice presidential thing, let me just say, and again, I, I think Vivek Ramaswamy is, is terrific. I think he's great. I think people want to see somebody who has some governing experience. I think that the advantage that a Christy Nome brings is that she's a governor. 
I can see advantage that it. Tim Scott brings that he was a you know he's he's been a United States senator. Uh, Byron Donald's a congressman. I, I I think people like that. Governors tend to shine in these moments, which is why I still think that. Christy Nome is on the short, short list because governors tend to shine as being people that have the executive experience. And in this race, when you're dealing with people who are in their 80s, I do think the number two pick is going to matter. I know it doesn't in the past, but I think this time around it will. Maybe you disagree with me. It's okay. It's free country. We're, you're allowed. You're wrong, but you're allowed to. Just kidding. Not really. But anyway, uh, it's also the reason why I think Kamala Harris hurts Joe Biden in such a way because she's a disaster and people don't have any comfort with her taking over if something happened to Joe Biden. All right, that's the show tonight. Thank you for listening. Appreciate it very, very much. Check out all the great interviews from CPAC. And the great one, Mark Levin, is up next. We'll be back with you tomorrow for a wonderful show. As the week goes on, Hunter Biden testifying. Closed doors on Wednesday. What other absurdity and chaos will the week bring? But remember this. The primary is over. It's been over for a long time. I've been telling you for months, Trump is going to be the nominee. And Trump will beat Joe Biden. Mark my words, Trump will beat Joe Biden. Don't doubt me on this. He will win. Have a great rest of your night. Thanks for listening. Keep the conversation going on Twitter at Rich Zioli. Thank you. Rich Zioli, weekday afternoons, 3 to 7. Talk Radio 1210, WPHT, and on the free Odyssey app. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 